Want to hear about more than Housewives? Visit us on Patreon, where we cover Winter House and whatever else we feel like covering. Visit us at www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod to sign up for exclusive content. Hey, Donnie. Hey, Quinn. Ever since my sister pointed out that I always say hi, the same to everybody, now I I cannot unhear it. So now I go out of my way to not talk to people like that, but it just sounds creepy to me. Like, hey, Quinn. I always heard it, but just this is a bitch for pointing it out because I was never going to point that out. My sister's a bitch for lots but... of reasons. <laughs> One of those being <laughs> pointing that out. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I We had a little bit of a discussion with some people on uh, Instagram about what happened with our dinner reservations for our anniversary. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were a couple of people who took your side, which I must say I am shocked. But I'm you know, not. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes people are on the wrong side of history. So I'm going to let it go. This I'm isn't one of those go. times, though. <laughs> you forgot to tell me that the reservation was canceled. You didn't tell me until right before our anniversary. And somehow everybody's like, oh, Donnie didn't do anything wrong. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if that's colorism. Wait, we can wait until we get into Potomac for that. But I don't know what it is, but I do think, you know, I'm just going to accept it though. It's cool. The night actually turned out really good. Yeah, it did. I called the day of, I fixed my own mistakes. I called the day of and I said like, Hi. Hi. I did it. Um, I said, uh, you canceled your reservation on me. Is there a reason why? And then they were like, no, we didn't do that. So we showed up at eight o'clock like we were supposed to. And everything was fine. Everything was great. Yeah. The food was incredible. Yeah, it was. Anyone was in really New York? The uh, restaurant was called Modern Love. It's in Brooklyn. You should check it out. So Williamsburg, to be specific. I thought it was, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> it was Williamsburg. <laughs> thank you. It, thank it you. is where it was. Uh, it was good. We ate quite a bit. There. <laughs> we did. I think we kind of. Yeah, she kept trying to kick <laughs> us out, but I wasn't having it. I'm shocked. There. She was almost like, are y'all done yet? Like, no, we're, we're not done yet. Not almost. She I think it. she basically did say that. She like stopped coming to the table because she just figured we had to be done. And we we still weren't done. We had to like track her down. She literally said, are you all full yet? And I said, no, give me the dessert menu. And then after dessert, like there's literally nothing else one could possibly order after dessert. And she said, like, ready for the check? And I was like, like, what do those people have on their table? She said, oh, that's a bucket of wings. I was like, I'll take one to go. So we, we left with like three bags of food <laughs> like leftovers dessert a bag of, of wings just you know what the hell it, we like looked like bag ladies leaving out of that <laughs> restaurant people probably thought we were doing christmas shopping no <laughs> nope, this is just our leftover this is the really big brown bag <laughs> oh good times though it was a good it was a good uh experience we should definitely go back okay so 
I don't know if anybody listening can help us out, but, but me and Donnie are kind of tired of fighting over who's going to clean the litter box with a cat. And I think we should probably get like an automatic one, but I don't know which one to get. Well, here's the thing. Before we get into people giving their opinions um, and helping us out here, there's not really fighting over who's going to do the litter. It's always me. <laughs> so, so I'm not going to let you paint yourself in that way. Oh my God. That I can't made me... you do that to me on here. I can't believe you do that to me. Do you see my skin? <laughs> I am red right now. That literally You're made me heated. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to skirt to you, to it yourself. Something that neither... <laughs> <laughs> the point is, it's still something that neither one of us wants to do. And I was, you know, asking if there was a way for people to like alleviate some of this tension on you. Thank you. So Aren't you, you sweet? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like it's, we we have a space issue because we are in New York and like a lot of these like automatic cat litter things are like huge. It's like you need somewhere you can put like 27 by 19 inches. Like, no, I don't have that kind of room. Like, and I'm not going to sit it next to the couch. That just doesn't seem right. It's as big as the Peloton, but at least with this, it's someone <laughs> it's something that the cat will be using every day. <laughs> it's not as big as the Peloton, but it is. It, it is bigger than I would like it to be. They have like some really nice ones that aren't so big, but they're like expensive. Like I can't, I can't imagine spending like $600 for like a cat litter thing. Like I. No, but if we do the math and break it down, like if we're like, she shits four times a day, four times a day times 365, like it does. We'll get our, <laughs> we can break it down that way. I don't think, first of all, I don't think she shits four times a day. I think she probably gets two good ones out a day. Maybe. I probably got her confused with myself. <laughs> That's not enough. You're lowball in that one. We should probably just bring the guest out here because this is. We're literally talking about <laughs> cat shit. So... <laughs> so now it's time to welcome our guest who I'm so glad is here. We have Emily from the podcast, I Speak Housewives. This is a long time in the making. Welcome to our dysfunctional Bravo marriage. I'm so happy. It is a dysfunctional Bravo marriage. <laughs> that is the tagline for your, for your podcast now. Oh, I love that. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You have a great podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that really quick? So I just recently changed the name. It was, we had a little bit of controversy around the name that mm. I it just kind of accidentally stepped in. But I have now changed the name because my handle on Instagram is We Speak Housewives. And I originally started that podcast with a friend. That's why it was We Speak Housewives. And so the mm -hmm. Instagram account was going to be for that. But then COVID crazy 2020 things happened, didn't work out. Podcast didn't work out with him. But I just kept the account kind of like a stalker Bravo account. I wasn't really posting a lot, but I was just looking at everyone's content and like creeping. getting the news creeping. Absolutely. And I posted a little here and there. And I was always shocked when people liked my stuff like Bravo while black actually kept tagging me in their posts. And I messaged them privately and was like, I think you're meaning to tag someone else because <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't you don't know me. I like I love because I was gushing about them all the time, but yeah, I didn't know that they like even we love them. Love, 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 love. Um, but then I just little by little built momentum and I started a podcast, called it She's Starting. Didn't know that there was already someone with that Instagram handle and Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. And so then I've been racking my brain. What should I call it? What should I call it? And because it's We Speak Housewives, I'm now I Speak Bravo. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, told I thought it was I Speak Housewives. Yeah, no, that see, was 
it's my, my name. My name is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> do you see what mm. it's like? This has been messy. It's been messy. All I really do on there, to be completely frank, it was like my therapist told me I had to do it. I kept talking about it, but I was dealing. I'm still am uh, dealing with like depression and anxiety and self-esteem Everybody, issues. Yeah. 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 So I kept being like, I want to do it, but like I was too afraid. And so she literally was like, you just have to do it and shut up because you just have to. And so I yeah. was like, my therapist told me I had to make the podcast. So I made it and, and I, I actually didn't love it, to be honest. At first, I didn't like just on my own. I was like halfway through telling a, like my opinion on something. I'd be like, who cares what I have to say? Does that wow. make sense? That's un-American, Emily. That's un-American thinking. <laughs> I was like, you have who an opinion. cares? I know you're right. This and is I, America. You get an opinion and you get a gun. That is what America is about. America. Right. America. And I'm glad that you did it and you stuck with it because like I was the same way with podcasting and I did it with two other people. And I still was like, I don't think I like this because I was like, who am I to be, you know, speaking about this? But as I said, I'm American and damn it, I'm not going to shut up. But here we are. I think both of you have such a good voice. And I mean, like both aspects of that, like your actual literal voice is both of you are made for radio I think and then like also what you say also like that version of your voice just both that's great you know getting a a compliment a new compliment after six years of marriage is that felt good (laughs) the dysfunctional bravo marriage a totally new compliment and you said that I belong on radio without calling me ugly and I appreciate that oh yeah (laughs) You have a, so you had a face has, for radio. And a face for radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. So yeah. let's welcome Emily from the I Speak Bravo podcast. Here we yes. go. Which is probably more accurate because I'm sure, much like everybody else, you don't just speak housewives, you speak bravo as a whole because we all are worshiping well, at the altar of when God. you're doing a winter house recap, right? Winter. Her house, yes. <laughs> oh, ooh, I love. Okay, good. I'm gonna check that out because I just, I just did a recap of the last episode, and I had such oh, so you a watch. good. I watch. I am obsessed. I love because, like, I just get a hangover looking at them. So I like watching. <laughs> I like watching it happen, and like just the drunken antics. There's so many like little tiny vignettes going on because that's what happens right. when you have a party full of drunk people. I, I love it. I want more okay, sex. So you have though. to come on the page. You have to Me come too. on our Patreon to talk about it. Okay. You're happily. Are, you're gonna you're coming on. <laughs> Thank it's you. Happening. Thank you. It's happening. Because I'm telling you, just one only thing I'll say about it is Andrea is wasted on page okay <laughs> he wishes he met me because i don't i don't oh. want a relationship but this man would be the best hookup buddy he'll bring me some coffee will give me the sex then he'll leave and go leave me alone i think it's rare that women run across somebody they can hook up with that they can brag about and i do think that he is something you like you know nothing happened i don't want anything but i hit that like i do think that right. that's what he is for women Yes, I think, I mean, you know how hard it is to find a hookup buddy who understands the proper etiquette? Don't fall <laughs> in love with me. No, we don't hang out when I don't call you. And go and have fun with someone else so that I don't have to be the one entertain you all the time. That is the proper hookup etiquette. Etiquette. Yeah. Now, <laughs> etiquette. Now, okay, so now that we're talking about etiquette, let's jump into Salt Lake City here. Because I, I really want to, this episode, I mean, come on. This is, this is, this, this episode was Scorsese. And I know this is audio only, so I just need to narrate what we're looking at. I do love Emily that Meredith Marks is just in her bathtub. On I the do TV that behind you. in the back, <laughs> just yeah, just chilling in the tub. 
I do that. I, I like to put like a little like screensaver behind me just to kind of set the mood. Oh, I love That's it. The mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the tub, welcoming friends. That's the <laughs> mood. I like that. That was the longest bathtub in history. Wasn't it? She and oh, don't need, we'll get there. We'll get so there. we start off the show with the feds still there showing up asking for Jen. Emotions are still high from the last episode. Heather calls Jen to give her a heads up, which is a real down ass biatch move like that is a that's that's a friend right there she risks going to jail do you think because later in the episode she seems to be confused or at least that's how she's spinning it and she says like oh i thought she was going to turn herself in but her calling and saying they're chasing you clearly she didn't really believe that did she yeah, I, I think, she, think about that. well, because when the feds were like, we just want to make sure she's OK, yeah. she fully bought that. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, man, they, they're protecting her. And they were like coming yeah. to give her a heads up <laughs> on some danger in her mm. life. I thought I was like, Heather, you I posted a meme about it. Uh, she was like Dorinda when she's the village idiot, like I was like, Heather, <laughs> he's like, wait, you think Sharif doesn't have internal bleeding? I'm like, girl. <laughs> You think like Sharif has eternal bleeding right. and this coincidentally occurred? Like, what a day Jen's having. I mean, to me, that just told me that Heather would be great. Like, if Superman was like, oh, I have to make a phone call. And then all of a sudden, here comes. Like, it's just <laughs> such a, like, really, do you really believe that, Heather? What are the odds? She totally so, would. <laughs> totally would. So I want to talk about Lisa crying for some reason. And <laughs> says it, it's sus. And calls her attorneys. In fact, I think Lisa called everybody she'd ever met. Yeah. They were naming, like, labeled it attorneys, but I think she called everybody. <laughs> I don't I don't understand, um, like, if six, att- six attorneys is really sending people. It just shows that I know nothing about business. Because I'm like, don't you have a lot of attorneys? I don't ever understand it. I also feel like we hear about attorneys so often that I'm, I just don't know. Is that really? It's a big deal, right? She shouldn't have six attorneys. She should not have six attorneys. Okay, here's the thing. I used to work in a law office. Oh, oh, I love that. (laughs) It's not that she shouldn't have six attorneys, but she shouldn't be speaking to six attorneys. Like she should have an attorney on her case who has like attorneys working under them who do a lot of different stuff. There's no reason for her to talk to the person who's doing, you know, filings or any kind of research or anything like that. She should have an actual attorney who feels all of that she basically should only be talking to her attorney and his, okay. her attorney's secretary. Basically. That makes way more sense. So like you call your attorney, they deal with the rest of it. But she it's like she was basically calling mm-hmm. every single person in that. She was office. probably calling. She was probably calling Vita distributors. I'm telling you, she wasn't just calling uh-huh. her. She was calling everybody trying but to I, den- denounce herself from all of it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. That makes I could sense. see that. I could and see I do that. like even during all of these calls and during these feds, she still had the Vita logo for the cameras to see. She said, this is a commercial. Always be selling. Always <laughs> did be she selling. put a did she put a hat on too? Was it a Vita hat? I feel like <laughs> midway through she put a hat on. I gotta Maybe. go back and review my and review my material. Something she knew was gonna be on camera. She yeah. knew that was gonna be on camera. So she had to do that. See, these are the idea, these are the thoughts. This is the money-making machine that gave us fresh wool. So Jenny. <laughs> And a turn that I found humorous, decided to go through Jen's bag because Jen won't be there. So she went to her um, gift bag, like, you know, she won't need it. And in that moment, I understood how how Jenny got her daughter. I've never seen such a clear pair of, like, oh, that's where she, you talk like this little girl's on your nerves. She is just like you. Yeah. Like, that is amazing. And she began to eat 
the stuff. Jenny, Jenny really seemed to know a lot. She seemed very comfortable and familiar with what was happening. She was like, they're probably going to raid her home next. Guarantee it. She I was said definitely, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely going to. And then she also said something like uh, they probably have a warrant. That's why they can go after her. Mm-hmm. She knew some stuff. And then she mm-hmm. was getting kind of pissed that Whitney was like speculating. She was like, how does she know? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is just one thing we're reading. You guys, I, mean, I was like, you speaking from experience. it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Jenny was like, I've seen blow and Scarface. I know how this goes. I love them <laughs> referencing Ozark as their like <laughs> as their reference point, because it, it reminded me, did you ever see Office Space, that like comedy classic? From, did. It was like when they were looking at money laundering in the dictionary. <laughs> yes. It like gave me that energy. <laughs> Yeah, Donnie was tickled by that part. I love I love because we all relate. We're like, yeah. I've totally referenced television shows like Breaking Bad. I've often been like, I know Sopranos. how the meth game. Yep. Yep. We we learn education. Anything you've seen that I told Donnie, like anything you've seen the mob be a part of in a movie, money laundering, restaurants, strip clubs, nightclubs, anything like that, where somebody can just come in like, oh, I have cash to pay. Yeah, he was that saying all of this as Heather was saying all of this. And I was like, <laughs> he um, told me to shut up. I did. I said, no offense, but like, we're here to talk about what Heather's saying. You can <laughs> say your opinions when the mic's on. And then I got passionate. I was like, we're saying the same things. You're not losing anything. <laughs> <laughs> then Whitney reveals she'd always been sus about where Jen's money came from. And then she thought that it was a sugar daddy because she had a sugar daddy. I have a quote here from somebody on Twitter. And this quote is from Nate who says, of all the ladies, Lisa acted the most suspicious while calling all the other ladies suspicious. And also Whitney sliding in with the perfect conversation um, break about sugar daddies is iconic and Emmy worthy television. They all laughed at her. They all laughed at it too. Whitney really, she won me over last episode. I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they said um, I needed to see Whitney get like yelled at by someone. I needed to see Whitney like get beat up because then I could be like, all right, I'm down with you. Champion hair. Yeah. Yeah. Was that you, Quinn? No, because he's been a Whitney supporter for a long time. Oh, you time. have? Okay. Oh, I, I, I would was... watch Whitney saw mysteries every week on my TV. <laughs> I am now right there with you because she won me over with like not showing up in the mafia slutty costume mm. and being just like kind of firm with it and getting a little too Smart. drunk and yelling, I love you, Mary, but then being like, bitch, I have all the tea on you so please be careful Mm -hmm. and then this episode she like succinctly explained what was going on with Jen to the point where I finally was like oh (laughs) okay I actually am following this now and then uh she was right about everything right there's a look that she gets on her face when like she's connecting the dots that is so satisfying like like oh I get it now it like I told Donnie it made me understand what part Daphne played in the Scooby-Doo gang I was like (laughs) I get it now oh my god that's a really good comparison that's it. yeah she's like the dumb ditzy one but then she's actually really smart she can set traps and she could be a she could be bait come on now like that's if you're gonna like kidnap somebody from the group you're gonna take whitney and <laughs> yeah, she's she yeah she seems like perfect. the safest one <laughs> yeah like but you don't know that that's not true because she's gonna be like sitting there with a nail file getting that thing behind her back and then like that is so accurate is mary scrappy do do you think <laughs> <laughs> not me i think lisa is more scrappy do than anybody else oh yeah you're okay, right you're okay. right you're right you're right, <laughs> that's scrappy you're right. yeah you're right <laughs> mary is like i don't know like 
<laughs> she's like one of the people she's like one of the people they pull the mask off of like oh oh it's not an evangelist we have to talk about this house this gorgeous house in Vail that made the winter house house look like an outhouse <laughs> I was like damn Laura Strainhalls came on my Patreon the winter house Patreon and she said how she felt that the winter house house gave Airbnb vibes. And I had never really noticed it because I thought it was so beautiful on the outside. But on the inside, she had a point. And this house in Vail really drove that home. Winter house really quick. I feel like the early seasons of the real world, you now when you compare it to like the real world house now, it really was a piece of shit. Like they had shower curtains as doors and stuff, cardboard boxes <laughs> in the back. And that is what they winter did. house is like. So it is so crazy how Bravo like splits their resources and their budgets. Oh my God. Even amongst the Housewives franchises, like why did Jersey not get new opening credits for like (laughs) seven seasons? Yes, it's so bizarre. I was like, give them a couple thousand dollars so that they can reshoot this. Like it looks horrible. And then like whenever a new cast member would come in, they just give them the new credits so they'd have a slightly new look to theirs but then the rest were just those old the like the old the ones yeah well that's what, potomac almost. potomac in yes. the group photo not even just the opening theme song in the group photo they just put mia where monique was standing last year <laughs> yeah it's so and i know that they, they were on for that because potomac brings in numbers they should right. really agreed yeah. agreed agreed couldn't agree more let's see we get to the house. Well, they get to the house. Mary gets to the house first. Mary is outdone by what's going on with Jen. She tells Meredith, who was in the bathtub, like, I don't know, like, go, this is like something Goldie Hawn would do in a movie. Like, it's just, she's just lounging in a bathtub and just rubbing on herself. Hey, I didn't know you come in. Like, it's very, like, Meredith doesn't give a shit. She is, like, her friend or a supposed friend. Her life is ending. And Meredith is, like, Sucks to be you. Love you, baby. <laughs> I saw that big old glass of champagne that 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 like the host of the home gave oh, Crystal, her. the woman in the fedora. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Meredith is wasted now because Meredith is always a little pilled out. And yes. so like the, the the bubbles come through and she's like, I'm going to go take a six hour bath. <laughs> And this is what they will this is what they will film as they come in, because she knew that was all going to be on camera, everyone mm-hmm. arriving. So she's like, I know exactly where I'm going to be staged. It's not even her room. I it's Heather's a, room. Yeah, it's <laughs> Heather's room. That's the shade. That's the shade of you're not even you're naked in my bathtub. Yeah, I was like, ew. <laughs> I have a question for both of you. Now, take the cameras out of the scenario. Do you have any friends that you feel comfortable with greeting them in the bathtub? No, no, I am. <laughs> I am uh, like a very like insecure about my body person that I would be greeting them like under the covers, like naked mm. maybe. But I'm like, get out. But there was even there were like such little bubbles in that tub that towards the end of their little moment, she Brave. was like crouched in a corner like I was uncomfortable. I was like that the camera even moved from being up above to like down below so that they couldn't get. They were like, this is inappropriate. This is just straight us looking at her naked. So no, I do not. Donnie. Donnie. Yes. Not to greet. Like she was throwing this trip. So she should be at the front door. She should be doing what that bitch in a fedora was doing. But that's why she was there, I guess. So Meredith could do this. Like but she I do wasn't have- at the door. I do have friends and I am very liberal about my body where like if these women were already here already and like in and out of the bathroom while I was in the bubble bath, fine. Like, oh, the curling iron's over there. Come get it yeah, if you yeah, need yeah, it, yeah. whatever. Or like, yeah. But 
to when they literally arrive, I'm going to need you at the front door, Meredith. With <laughs> food. I, I, I did agree yeah. with the food thing. Yeah. yeah. Mary makes sense sometimes. I can imagine doing that. I don't even like being photographed in certain ways by friends, let alone being in a, in a tub. I would rather be shot by an actual gun than photographed from the side. I am not going to be <laughs> naked in a tub. Oh, but you know, I get naked whenever, like I come out on broomsticks you are, and Wicked and stuff. So that's naked Madonna, on a broomstick. <laughs> so, that's so how like, he told me dinner was ready. <laughs> I actually can't. That's a true story. I can't you laugh. A true story. <laughs> what did you say? What could I say? We, he was cooking dinner. He had his music. He was listening to Broadway while he cooks. That happens all the time. Defying Gravity came on. It's a hell of a song. Even I like it, and I'm not a musical person. Next thing I know, the song is ending. Adina's getting to that big crescendo and everything. Door flies open. He comes in, towel tied around his neck like a cape, with a broom riding on it, butt-ass naked, completely finishes out the song, standing on the arm of the couch, and then tells me, dinner's ready. But in my defense, it's amazing. Actually, in my defense, (laughs) I was cooking naked. Like that wasn't a costume change. I didn't say like, "Oh, now I have to get naked for this song." I just cooking naked. (laughs) One of my I'm naked. Do you put an apron over? I get worried about like (laughs) splashing of oil and stuff. Oh no! I just I just stand back. Okay. (laughs) So now you know. I see you. And I don't cook for guests naked. Just, yeah, <laughs> only for Quinn. Like if That's you come over. That's just yeah, if you come over, you don't have to worry about, you know. <laughs> You're like, okay. I will cook naked and only naked. Okay. So you want to come to my house for dinner. That's what you, you get. Eat, you got to see these cakes. We have, since we're talking about this, fine, this marriage, whatever. We have to talk about how Lisa has her husband in her phone as John Barlow husband. Husband? I didn't realize it had husband after it. Yes. I saw John Barlow husband as, as it, like, you know, his It, it did title. say that. Um, what? That's what I said. Uh, that's also kind of weird. Yeah, and then we saw Mary. Like, it's not like one of her kids has that name. You know what I mean? Like, if my mom yeah. had... Don Hadfield husband, Don Hadfield son, fine. But her kids are not named John Barlow. <laughs> I do you are like do, I'm like looking at my phone. Do, when you put a contact in, is there a way to like label the person? Yes, you can label like what their company is or like what. what and she their, chose husband. She chose her husband because like but, obviously we wouldn't even be surprised if it just said John Barlow because sometimes people are like OCD and they need yeah. their contacts to be like all yeah. person last names. But the husband clarification. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Hmm. Now, now just suppose that with Mary who has <gasps> her husband in her phone as dad, not daddy, dad, <laughs> daddy, I would have been like, okay, you know, maybe it's a little sexual thing, you know, I mean, but, it, uh, it just wouldn't make it wouldn't matter as much if uh, he wasn't her former her, her former grandmother. Grand. Yeah, right. like if that wasn't the 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 relationship. But the but dad, you're right. Not mm. daddy, which would be disgusting. I don't ever need to see that. But dad. I don't need to see that either. But I would have taken that a little bit better just because yeah. I don't want to see them. Because it's like a but, nickname or something. Yeah. Yes, but this but is like, just dad. I Yeah. Yeah. She's just leaning into it, isn't she? I I think she is leaning right into that awkwardness, isn't she? Okay. So I, I, I was gonna wait. I wanted to ask this on air, Donnie. What am I in your phone as? (laughs) I want to know this. I want to know it too. You should have warned me. I never changed it from from when we first met. Oh, I love these. (laughs) 
So you're in my phone as Quinn Okay Cupid Red Underwear. So I knew what website. <laughs> so I knew what website I met you from and the photo that like I knew <laughs> you to be. <laughs> Wait, so rare, there was another Quinn in different underwear? No, like, I don't but, understand that specification. No, that was just <laughs> not because, but like everybody. So like whoever, John Grinder, yellow shirt. Like what? the photo I know of them most and the website I met them from. I am obsessed with this moment. Oh my God. How am I in your phone? Oh my God. Yeah, how is Donnie in your phone? Donnie. Donnie. Just just Donnie. You're the only I, Donnie I know. I love the like a beginning when you first put someone in. It's like it's like their name and like where you work together or something yeah. or like where you met them. So I, I love, love that. Well done, Donnie, you win. That was awesome. Yeah, but that, that's all fine. But we've been married for six years. <laughs> Why am I still on your phone under that? That's what I want to know. Sorry. He needs people to know so, who's calling you. Okay. I can change it now. So, Quinn husband. No, do first. You got to do first. Last name. Husband. Last name. Okay. Husband. I'll do that right this second. <laughs> I can't with y'all. Uh, so now we see. Oh, I'm going to have to. I'm going to say it. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but we had a very adult moment that I'm not used to seeing on Housewives. The women quietly picked their rooms. There was right? no There issue. was an extra room even. Yeah. Probably because the rooms were so goddamn gorgeous. Beautiful. How could you be angry? But I wasn't used to that. I thought there'd be like, you know, Jenny's a bit of a firecracker. I was like, okay. Because I'm just waiting for Jenny to go off. Like, I want Jenny to cuss out everybody. I've said this before. <laughs> More Asian women should be cussing out people on TV. <laughs> I'm here for it. Go for it. But they were adults. So that was kind of not fun. But good for them. It kind of, I guess, like the arrests and everything put things in perspective. Yeah. <laughs> it like meddled them down. We don't need any more drama today. And maybe like, not even... Maybe they did fight about it for three hours, but with everything else that happened, they were like, this is cutting room floor stuff. Yeah, we'll put this in the (laughs) never before scene. Also, I mean, Meredith being in Heather's tub would have been a fight in any other. Imagine on Roni. The the, the bathtub situation on Roni is so sacred Mm -hmm. because like when someone has a bathtub, like Sonia Morgan loses her mind. If Sonia had been dipping in like, well, if it had been Tinsley, Tinsley would have been like, Sonia, and just like, you know, cried about it and nothing would have happened. But who would have the nerve in New York to do that? I only think Singer would have the nerve to do oh, something yeah. like that. I think Sonia. And you think Sonia would do it too? Mm-hmm. I think she would be naked in a tub, but I don't think she'd be naked in somebody else's tub. Okay. Like that's, that's my opinion. And if it was Luann, it would have been, we've been, we would have heard about it at the reunion. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. You invaded my privacy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the they, fish room all over again. They were yes. excited to go downstairs too. I think Lisa Barlow had the room downstairs and she was like, mm-hmm. most important people downstairs, not in New York. The fun people downstairs. Yeah. yeah fun people. It was, I mean, beautiful rooms, the, you know, separate interests. I'm all about a separate interest entrance. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Lisa might still smoke. So I think that works out for her. Oh, um, she, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. She has the voice of looks, a smoker. I love oh, it. For sure. I love it too. Yeah, Uh, we so after that happens, the women sit down, they discuss, you know, they kind of compare notes a little bit or start to compare notes. And we find out that Jen fleed the scene (laughs) and she was arrested on the side of the road. So she was not, in fact, um, turning herself in what I wouldn't give for footage of that. Oh, seriously. Where were you guys when Jen Shaw was arrested? Oh, wait, Jen's ride is here. Oh, (laughs) 
was so good. <laughs> I don't know where I was when I got the news. I know that Donnie broke the news to me. Like, I didn't see it myself. He literally, I feel like you burst into the room. Always. And I thought somebody had died. Naked on a broomstick. <laughs> Possibly. He burst into the room and he told me about it because I know I didn't read it for myself. I know it was told to me. I I had just I I had just boarded a flight in Florida to head back to Los Angeles. So I had I was like getting on and reading it and like, you know, everyone's still getting on the plane. I'm just like feverishly messaging people and trying to find it. And then the plane takes off and I had no Wi-Fi for six hours. And there was a guy in front of me in the row in front of me that was like scrolling Instagram. And I was like, I don't I wish I wasn't so socially awkward, but I would have been like, sir, can you please go on to my account? Can you log into my Instagram for me? Because I need to figure this out. I thought you were going to say, like, do you have a hotspot you can turn on? I didn't know you were like one of That would have made more logical sense. That's how not tech savvy I am. But I'm like, if you have it magically on your phone, only you can get it magically on your phone. You're like, no, girl, there's a hotspot he probably has. He could probably turn a hotspot. Yeah, I I don't know what we were doing, but I know Donnie told me that it happened and we went, we had a deep dive of it. And then like Donnie, like slowly put his Shaw Squad merchandise away into the closet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wear this anymore. I threw most of it out because I didn't feel right. But the sweatpants are the most comfortable sweatpants I've ever owned. So I'm not getting rid of them. He won't wear them outside, but he wears them. Does, do they yeah. say Shaw Squad on it? Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. All of it does. All, of course. Why am I even? What's the point? Why would you have something that doesn't What's have Shaw Squad on it? Just like black <laughs> sweatpants, like on with the inside tag. What's the point? <laughs> so the women are sitting down. And in a turn of events that I didn't see, Mary is compassionate towards what's happening to Jen. You know, Ryan Bailey said that might happen. He says she's a wild card. She'll either go for the jugular or maybe she'll, you know, be sympathetic. And it turns out she was sympathetic. But then but, she wasn't. Like, this, the start yeah. of this dinner, she was. And then by the end... She wasn't. Remind me, what was she saying towards the end? She took a strong religious stance against what Jen had done. And I have to say that it's bad when an evangelist judges you for taking money from old people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's facts. Historically, that's not a good place to be. Right, right. Um, not saying anything about, you know, churches or anything, but. Well, kind of just with what, with what Ryan Bailey said, she did exactly that. She was the wild card. She, yeah, like right yeah. when you thought you knew she, you were like, oh, she's going to take the compassionate route. Then she denounced it just yeah. to let her because she's on camera. She realizes that. Mm-hmm. I also think she's probably had some scandal or two of her own situation. So I feel like any compassion, she was like, just just a reminder, I'm giving a little compassion put <laughs> yeah. this in my mm-hmm. compassion bank for when some shit comes out about me later. Yeah. And it looks like it's coming. I'm almost more excited for that than I am for the Jen Shaw stuff. Mm Because the Jen Shaw stuff we've been looking at and covering and reading about. I want to finally get to the bottom of this whole cult thing. Yes. This alleged cult thing. Alleged cult thing. I mean, let's let's let it unveil. We have we have time to talk about that. Sorry, I was getting excited. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, that's when we'll come on your podcast. She, oh, she's excited. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. it's happening. We're best, yep. friends. We're best friends now. <laughs> I got to tell my cats that real quick. Guys, we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I won't get this. I have to get this out. <laughs> so Meredith reveals that one of Jen's friends stole a bag from her from the store and that Jen knew. And Meredith says that Louis Vuitton has red flagged Jen, <laughs> Jen because she's paying cash when she buys stuff from them. And Lisa says that's worse than the feds coming for. <laughs> that was this, just great television. Yeah, yes. this whole dinner was incredible. 
I Lisa I, Lisa Barlow is my first like problematic fave. Love I love her. I know she's all wrong, but I love her. Like I know she's totally scheming and plotting and doing all the things, but I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with her. I didn't love her until the end of the season, going towards the reunion. But ever since then, she's been even through all this yes. underhanded, yes, plotting. I love it. Makes me love her more. Blaming Jack <laughs> yeah. for the guest list, but then yeah. saying she was giving Whitney an olive branch. I'm like, girl, what you just said? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> she's amazing. <clears throat> But yeah, she uh, sure. I don't understand, though, why paying all cash gets you flagged. Does it mean paying all cash and then returning it? Mm. I don't know. I, I just figured that when you make such a big purchase, because those purchases are very expensive. Oh, if you're paying for like thousands of dollars in cash, that is kind of. And every like, why time. Why aren't you charging? Yeah. yeah why yeah. aren't you charging that? That is kind of. OK, a, I get it. I'm thinking like target prices, but they're not going to flag that. But no, <laughs> no, no. no. This is like 30 grand. Like, yeah, you're right. Because that looks absurd every single time. You, like, She has to be like bringing in a briefcase like she was doing a <laughs> ransom, a ransom um, deal to buy, to buy these purses. That's a lot of cash. Yeah. Remember when Bethany sold her house all cash? I still I needed that footage. I'm like, what does that look like? <laughs> Uh, it looks like rolling around naked in hundreds like that. <laughs> why else would you have that much money? Like who wants to even deposit? Could you imagine the, the teller that had to count that <laughs> right. money out? Like the team. I mean, like, and you think about how long that would take. You try to spend what, like a 50 at Starbucks. That turns into a, <laughs> that, that's a half a day right there. Could you imagine taking that amount of money? Craziness. I would quit on the spot. I would go on break. I would go on break. Put a sign up right in front of that. <laughs> out to lunch. I'm gone. <laughs> the episode ends with Lisa maybe having info about Jen cheating. And I just uh, I didn't see this coming. Why does like the, the cheating thing? I was like, oh, we're going down this road. Yeah. I don't understand. They're I, doing to her what Beverly Hills probably should have did to Erica J. Like this is this is what it looks like when you don't have an alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was Jen really like did her best to have a redemption season and she got at least a little bit of mm. compassion from a few of them. Imagine if she hadn't done all that quote damage control because it right. wasn't very good. Imagine she hadn't done all that and then this happened. They would have been straight boom under that bus, but at least they'd Heather's still. Her, they'd have to take her to Salem for what they would do to her. But even with Heather on her side, she Heather still threw out information during all yeah. of this. They just any story because they've ever they heard about Jen. That, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, they're so, they're talking about it on camera. Unlike Beverly Hills, where they're all like texting each other under the table. Makes me crazy. So, Erica, could you go over what it is you told me earlier today? And then giving her all the life when they're just laughing at everything. Erica, you are so funny tonight. No, Jen is not going to get any of that. No, Thank you very much. And I. I think she's I think she's built to handle it too. Prison or death? I mean, who knows what happened? <laughs> I Actually, think prison. Both. She looks like she would <laughs> she looks like she would she'll come out with what's the, she seems like she'll come out like what's that movie? Uh the Hitman's Bodyguard with Salma Hayek in prison. <laughs> I feel like that's who Jen Shaw would turn into if you left her into prison. She's just gonna she's gonna run it after a while. I think she would just thrive. Yeah. Oh yeah. She'd have cornrows and she'd make that shit work. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end of Salt Lake City. So I want to remind everybody listening, if you like our dysfunctional Bravo marriage and you want to hear us talking about these hot topics and issues in the morning with some coffee and love, we have a new segment in the morning every day 
where we can do just that. Just make sure you subscribe to www.patreon.com slash know that pod. I actually just listened to the one from the 15th coffee and love and it was wonderful. Thank you. Appreciated it. Loved it. It's time to go to the Potomac. And All right. Second part of the oh, perfection. Perfection, in my opinion. I loved it. These are the two best cities, I think, currently. So for them to be on the same night, it really is just, it just is. <laughs> Almost overwhelming. Yes. It's our cup runneth over. Mm-hmm. 100%. When this first started, I was like, why did this season of Potomac need a four-part reunion i'm like that doesn't seem like anything happened there was no fight there was no arrest there was nothing big to happen and then i forgot which is shame on me how much fun these women are just when you put them all together like just being all together will always be entertaining yeah but that is why i think beverly hills stands out against all the other ones that are four parts like atlanta it doesn't really matter what happens during the season because they can deliver a four-part reunion anyway same thing with potomac Mm -hmm. but beverly hills did have a lot to deal with and (laughs) they just were silent for four episodes yep and that's because too that's because you're dealing with the reunion where multiple people don't have issues we have to deal with the fact that lisa renna and dorit don't have any issues right uh erica doesn't have any issues with lisa or yeah um so it's just like we need that constant crossfire mm-hmm. of action to make this and they don't do that and they won't deliver on it and no. you know whatever but we hit the ground running in potomac with mia and candace at each other's throat at the beginning with mia blaming from the last episode blaming candace for if her mother has a relapse um her mother is uh in recovery for drug use not alcohol right drug use mm-hmm. i believe so yeah <clears throat> And Candace completely denies it, says that it's, you know, it's all on her. She decided to bring her mother on the show. Her mother didn't seem to want to talk about it anyway. Does anybody really want to talk about their sobriety, whether it's on camera or not? I mean, she's still signed the release. I think that in this instance, uh, it was wrong of Mia to say that if her mom were to relapse, it would be, quote, because of Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I agree with that. Because that is too big of a that's a too big of a burden for Candace to bear. Someone who yeah. doesn't hadn't even met the woman. Right. Um, so I did understand Candace reacting to that. And I agree when Wendy was like, yeah, no, that wasn't correct. Um this got a little dark, this point for them and their little volley back and forth, because Mia has been trying to play that like she plays this like coquettish from the hood, like former stripper, but now turned mm-hmm. businesswoman character. And she kind of broke that and then mm-hmm. sort of became like really like deep in it. And Candace doesn't. This is where Candace goes wrong. She will literally never say she's sorry ever. Right. And if it the worse it gets, she'll stick her heels in even deeper and firmer. And that's where it's like, she's not wrong. Half the time she says stuff like she's, she pulls out facts and she's correct. She has like a steel trap memory. I have Mm -hmm. to take copious notes just to recap one episode. She's remembering (laughs) season after season of things. She's not wrong, but then she has no, she doesn't lay off ever. She just doesn't ever let up. So right when I'm like, oh, Candace is right, then she won't let up and we'll say something else rude. And I'm like, oh, never mind. I feel bad for Mia again. Yeah, exactly. I do think that's a lot to put on Candace because ultimately, however it goes, Mia's mother's sobriety is on her. Like she has the responsibility to do that herself. I do think the fact that this is on national television with millions of people watching, that is an element to be 
thrown into it that can be considered, but it can't be all put on Candace. And Candace is good at going for the jugular, which is what she does with Mia. She hits me in the one thing, the one vulnerable thing that she brought to the show, which is what I don't like about it because we want housewives to open up. We don't want them to like, you know, this is a reason stuff like this is why I would think Erica Jane wouldn't tell anybody anything mm-hmm. or why Lisa Renna does that mask thing that she does. But that is a thing that is not good with uh, that Candace does, but she's great at it. She's great at getting you right. Mm-hmm. Wherever there's a, there's a uh, opening in your armor, her knife sliding right in like hot butter. It's true. <laughs> but then Mia goes and does like the watch your back. Her ass kicking is overdue. And I'm like, ooh. Her yeah. ass kicking happened already. It, it, I mean, I don't know what else there is. I mean, thank God all those 10 people could get Monique off of her. Um, but thank God those 10 people were there because who knows what she would have done to Candace. And like that violence is not like I've said a thousand times. There's no excuse for that. But Candace does have to realize that you can argue with people and not get into fights. Like people argue all the time and they don't get physical. What is it that you're doing or partaking in that's causing these physical altercations when you argue with people? One, you're hitting them too deep. You're making them go to a place where they feel like the only way that they can defend themselves is to put their hands on you, which is not smart because that's something that can literally get you killed. And second, you don't have to do that. You've already won. Like if you can do that to somebody you want already be the bigger person that's my big problem with candace i'm a stand-up comedian i have a very slick mouth i'm also petty like her i have my own kill folder i don't use that you know like using your words is it's it's like at some point it's like punching down i with candace i see like a comedian that decides to go evil like the joker almost yeah. like you can't it's not it's not good to do that and that's the only reason i have i have a problem with her like literally that's the only reason i see somebody who's being a bully with what they have, despite how warranted she might be to defend herself, because I'm not saying she's not entitled to defend herself, but you have to, there's a reason why people who have martial arts degrees and hands are certified weapons can't get mm-hmm. into fistfights on the street. And I think that is why, like they were all saying, you know, you never take accountability, that's your biggest problem, is just saying I'm sorry once would go a long way and you never do. And I think between that and also always using the big guns, like she keeps saying, I said your mama, but I could have really went deep. I could have really got in the gutter. I I think that is the only time she didn't. I think she always does go in the gutter. And even this time, just saying your mama, it was a loaded your mama. Right. It's implied. Yeah. It's implied. It's like she... What makes Giselle likable, even though she can be so damn messy, is that Giselle can like when they get to the Karen segment, she can kind of sit back and let a lot of stuff go. She doesn't pick everything up and go. Candace gets offended by Mm -hmm. every single thing. And it's almost like her goal is to let people know to never, ever, ever come for her ever because then she's going to come. But that's not the job. The job is to be volleying with people and to have both good and bad interactions. Yes. Yes. Ending. You can't. Yes. Ending. You can't just be in a fortress Mm -hmm. because you're so scary when someone Mm -hmm. does come for you. Someone's going to come for you, Candace, and you have to play the game. But she goes. It's like she has clearly an anger problem because as soon as her as soon as her her feathers get ruffled, she like Mm -hmm. loses control. It's like she just goes to another place. And the scary part is that she is nowhere near taking accountability, even for the Monique fight. She's still so upset that anyone saw Monique side in it. 
And it's like, but you haven't, it would be easier on her if she could look at what she did there too. It's easier to go, you know what? I might've had a part in this. I might've been saying a lot and been in her face and whatever, but she won't ever go there. And it's a betrayal that anyone else would even think of siding with Monique. Mm -hmm. I'm like, still, you must be tired, Candace. She, and she's not tired. Like it's an unending um, supply of it. And my issue is that it's not good for her. And as you know, using a bit of my mental health training here, it speaks to somebody who has experienced trauma. And one of the main things that happens is if you are the victim, you learn that you're either the victim or Mm. the victimizer. And Mm. I think she has, I don't know what happened with her growing up. I don't know. Her mother is clearly hard on her. Her mother seems to go for the jugular Mm -hmm. and that's her mother. So it's like, I think this is just, this is what she's been trained to do. And I would hope that she would look at her mother and see, hey, I don't want to go down that path. But it doesn't look like that's what's happening. And all of those women on that panel try to explain to her what you do is different from what we do. And she just she refuses to see that or she can't see that. Mia's the new Twitter disaster, which we missed that part, which that got really messy for her really quick. They brought a scholar out <laughs> for two minutes. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> she brought oh all God. those printouts, all those printouts for two minutes. But at least my M- Mia looked at it. Mia like reading it, like like who would ever write something <laughs> like this? Well, let me. Well, this is all very new. And then she goes, "Okay, I wrote this one." <laughs> I was like, "Mia, please." <laughs> you yeah. wrote a lot of them. You basically wrote all of mm-hmm. them. And calling someone your social media manager, who's also like your best friend, and basically you, as you described it, is probably mm-hmm. not a social media manager, and just like your friend who has the <laughs> password to your <laughs> account. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also, it's true. Candace was right. Your social media person wouldn't block someone without like no. checking with you first. They wouldn't just go through. So Mia's getting caught in all the white lies that are just getting piled and piled and piled up. And she is really struggling. I can't wait to see how she does this next season. I hope she's invited back because I do want to see how she like talks her way back out of it. And then maybe eventually into the truth, because they may kind of wear her down yeah. enough to where it's like, just say the facts. That's yeah. it. She definitely knows she blocked Candace. Like, there's no way she doesn't know that. Yeah, because and oh god, I I want so much for Candace. Like, that's so hard for me. Like, I I I want to love her. Like, I really want to love her because she has so much going for her. It's just so difficult for me. But I have to leave it there. Because <laughs> um, I'm not even going to address the like slave comments to Ashley. Like, I can't. I don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. To go into that, it's it's I can't. I can't. So we're going to skip over that and just say that colorism is a thing in Potomac. That doesn't mean that people aren't accountable for what they do. But I will say she did bring receipts on what they said about each other. And I appreciate it. That's it part of the reason why I love Candace. Yeah, she it was amazing. Wrong. Yeah. No, she she had all of the facts from she's like season she one did. you did this season four you did this season three you did this and brought her and she said that mm-hmm. damn the only, thing she, the only thing that she missed was that they were all like yeah but we were cool with that mm-hmm. that's the only yeah. thing that she missed from that like yes those things happened but we had an agreement or we had enough of a relationship where even though that was really messed up we were cool with that happening and yep. that's what she missed yeah yep wendy addresses her body changes or she answers questions about the work that she's had done and Robin explains that her feelings about Wendy's change was more so internal than the external. And I'm happy that Robin explained that a little bit better. Personally. I agree. The mm-hmm. loose when she said you're not as loose. And she was like, that was the wrong word. And I actually did believe Robin. I did believe Robin, I believe Robin. in this part. Yeah, I was but like, it's oh. a triggering word. Yeah. 
you have to be careful what you say. I don't think that there should be, she shouldn't have any repercussions for saying that because she chose that word and she said it. But I do think it's very real, poss- a very real possibility she didn't mean it that way. Yeah, no, I was I was on Team Robin there, too. I was like, oh, OK, well done. You tried. But the thing with Wendy is, I think, and this is maybe a little bit of Candace, is they both get very offended, like so, so offended yeah. by everything that happens on the show on the uh, during filming. And part of what makes a, a part of what gives you that longevity on these shows is the ability to kind of know when to let some things go when not to get so offended. Wendy is just really, really hurt by Robin Mm. and Giselle. And like when the Karen and Giselle moment was happening, you can see Karen, the uncut footage saying, you're a drug addict, you're a drunk. And that would have been a fight if that had been directed towards Mm -hmm. Wendy or towards Candace. But Giselle just was able to sit back because Giselle likes to give that little back and forth. It's like Wendy just cannot let it go. And that's sort of one of the qualities I love in a good housewife. Like as much as Mm -hmm. Tamara was horrible on Orange County, she really just forgave Mm -hmm. and moved on and just kept it moving. She didn't really hold grudges. I like that quality in a housewife. So I'm going to need Wendy to just chill out a little bit for next season. I get what she's doing now. Take it, to, take it all the way to part four and get mad and have all the receipts that are blown up to the size of your body. I'm all about it. But um, yeah. I want her to kind of realize that this is the game and you can't take everything. So or so even personal. if she is taking it personal, at least do it the Candace way where like she still can have fun with Ashley. She still spent that night with her, not even on camera. Like you two hit the yeah. town together and we know that you do not really like each other. But I feel like Wendy. Yeah is not able to do that at all. Yeah, she gives like this. She was given the silent treatment, yes. like turning her head away from Giselle. And I was like, well, that's just yeah. not fun television. That's because Wendy's a nerd. And yeah. I don't mean that in a bad no, way, right. but like this isn't her. She's a scholar. Like this isn't, yes. she doesn't have a lot of, you know, probably a lot of experience with like dealing with girls in groups and doing this stuff. She was studious and she's mm-hmm. smart. And there's a lot of things there. And I don't, you know, I, I see that there's like an alliance between Escala and Wendy and Candace and they're all on the same page. They are darker. Like, I get that there are elements here that Absolutely. need to be expressed. I can't say how they need to discuss them, but I do think that they, that her and Wendy, Wendy and Candace tend to hold on to those things in a tighter way. And I don't yeah. know what exactly that reason is, but I don't know, but it's hard in the show. I yeah. Think. Yeah, because Karen show, and but... Giselle, because Karen and Giselle can go at it. Robin, too, can yeah. go at it. Robin can get a little grudgy, but she also is like more like, you know, even keeled. And it's like, oh, she'll just yeah. go with the flow. But it's like they can they go at each other, but they really do move on and they keep it light somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they have yeah. a how did how does Karen look funny when she's screaming that she went to sing, sing and you have a hot box? But somehow it's funny. <laughs> There's like comedy in it. So it's it's. It's like that. Here's one of the best quality. ever. Do it. Yes, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. I have so much to, like now. I don't know. I'm, I have so much to think about with this colorism stuff. I need. I wish I could just like flat out talk to them because it's just like I really need <laughs> to know. Like I recognize it in the conversation. It's different for black women, and I realize that me being a brown skinned black man is different. But I just I'm trying to like understand that in a way that can make sense to me, along with like how they act and how this is making them interact is frustrating me that I can't really do it. So I can only imagine how it is for you white people. Us poor white people. We really are. <laughs> right. I mean, Would oh you my God. I don't mean about... it that way. I'm just saying, this, <laughs> I mean, as far as like trying to understand it, if you want to, I can't even yeah. imagine where you Oh yeah, no. Start. I'm glad uh, you brought it up. Cause I don't, I don't, 
I couldn't speak to it at all. I definitely see it because it's like, it's one of those things, like I said, like it's different for, for black men than it is for black women. And I recognize that in that way, there is a bit of privilege that I hold there. Okay. And I don't want to be like not seeing that because I do see it. <clears throat> if that show was, if it was all men on that show and with the color dynamics, there was like me and somebody Wendy's color, somebody a scholar's complexion, all this stuff. I do think it would be sort of an issue, but not really an issue. It's just a different thing. Whereas I think with them being women, there's such a history of like, you know, vilifying darker women and emasculating them and all those things. And I get how that could be. And maybe that could tie into why, not necessarily why things happen to them, but maybe why they take those things to heart so much and why they're so guarded around these other women yeah and that's something that i can't personally understand but i would like to understand that i don't want to dismiss their claims of colorism because i do i know that it exists i just feel i don't know like i feel like i just need to if they could talk if i could talk to them i think i would understand it better and that's basically it It makes me want to understand it better for them see i didn't i just i didn't know that it was a difference for men and for women in that one so mm-hmm. that actually is, is eye opening. We there's a history of like darker skin being more masculine, which for me is not a problem because I'm a man. But for okay. women, that is a problem because it kind of strips away their femininity in a way hmm. that is just wrong. And, you know, and I think that's a big problem. And I, I do realize that I'm talking to this about white people who don't understand it, but white people started it. So yeah. then it's yeah. such a, re- a weird dynamic we have here. But I don't know, like, I can't, I can't use that as the reason to completely absolve Candace's behavior. And that's kind of what's happening. I think there's more to it than that. This is the second reunion we've had to talk about colorism with Potomac. We really need to address that. And I don't know how they do it, but we need to do it. I don't think Nikki is going to do it. But somebody needs to address it. I know, right? Because I saw it a bit, or I felt it a bit with Monique a little bit. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but it is different. Yeah. I will say it is different for black men than it is for for dark skinned black men than dark skinned black women. Yeah, it is a bit different. So then we have Candlegate. <gasps> what a way to end. Moving to something more. I did not see that coming with Andy doing a whole dance. <laughs> Andy loves this kind of stuff. He lives for this kind of drama. This petty drama is why he is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Why he's he's hosting this and. He, he doesn't need to. And he just really reminded us how white he was, though, when he was like getting up and he was like, done, I'm leaving. And he was like trying to do what they do or what the Atlanta women would do. And yeah. I was like, Andy, you need to you need to stop. <laughs> you need to stop. Just stop. <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself. Yes, please. <laughs> you're embarrassing me and you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> He's embarrassing a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. What did you think about Candlegate, Donnie? It being explained. Well, the situation itself is fine, whatever. Like, I'll take her word for it. I loved that we thought Karen ended it with three wicks. And then, uh, what's her name? Wendy comes out with a five and seven wick. And now they didn't bring it up at the reunion. But we know in real time, Mia has a nine wick. So I need to know who's going to have an 11. I want them all lined up next to each other. (laughs) I want like it go from one to three to five to seven to nine. And I want to see how high can we get these candles? I think it should just be Ashley at the end. And she can just like, just burn your house down. (laughs) You don't need any wicks. I mean, how hot do we need this candle to be? Right. 
And a candle you know, that big is like a table, but then you got to start lighting it. So then what do you do with it? It's just in your way. Yeah. You know what more than eight wicks is? It's a fireplace. Like, don't, <laughs> we don't need this. But it the, is though. <laughs> the nine wick candle is cute. And I feel like when it burns all the way down, then you can like turn it into a planter. But I was it just is, say, yeah, it is planter. large. It's like a footrest. It looks heavy and expensive. I thought, like, how does that get delivered and shipped? Like, is that like an eighty dollars shipping fee? Because it that's like a be. that's furniture. Like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> like you need a you need a dolly to bring that in. Yeah, yeah. you need to make sure someone's around or a dolly. Mia is and quick then, with production, though. Like producing she is. these things. She's a businesswoman. Yeah. So then we finished this episode out with Eddie Gate. I'm trying to take a, a cue from like right wing news and just make everything a gate. And it's just like, yes. You know, well, it's working. Yeah. yeah. It's working. Yeah, I like it. So then we have to address the fact that the claims about Eddie came from a disreputable site, the same one that said that Giselle had a flaming box. And we had the question of why I talk about it if we know that it's fake, but we all know that that's just how Giselle operates. So. I don't know what answer we were supposed to get. Well, yeah, you're also on television. Like, what are we supposed to talk about if we're not talking about these things? For fans to know, because then we would be going into the Beverly Hills arena. If these things are in the blogs and fans know they're in the blogs and you're not talking about it on the show, we will turn on you. Yep, yep, yep. And then it, it now they need to know what Giselle's game is. So all of them in the off season need to be keeping copious notes mm-hmm. of what's mm-hmm. going down in the blogs so that they can bring it up later on camera. Even yes. if it's four months before filming, keep it all in your in the notes section of your phone and be ready mm-hmm. when cameras start rolling because that's the game Giselle is playing and none of them keep none of them show up and beat her at her own game. It's yeah. almost like they sit waiting for her to do it and then are appalled that she does it. I'm like, we're on season six, you guys. And she has done the same exact thing year after year. Come ready. That's true. Or maybe guess, they know that she doesn't, I, they let her. Yeah, but Wendy didn't think, Wendy really didn't think, I think this kind of goes to what you're saying because she's a bit of a nerd. She didn't think that it would happen to her because she got along with them so well. So she's right. like, we're friends. Cool. Like, it's going to be different for me. So now that's she's that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Go ahead and be real angry all up until the end of the reunion. But come into next season just ready to play the game because mm-hmm. this is the game that they play on the show. They keep you on your toes all the time. It's not like Beverly Hills. I totally agree. Yeah. Beverly, Beverly Hills is like Congress. It's like you can't <laughs> yeah. get anything pushed through that thing because it's all about making deals. Like I feel like they have lobbyists <laughs> to get things together. Well, it's wasn't so it interesting too that Erica Erica's version of threatening Sutton when she explained it was that she wouldn't be so kind about keeping the secrets of Sutton's. Like mm-hmm. it was kind of the biggest threat you could ever give these women mm-hmm. because these women all like they have that like secret alliance that we won't we won't talk about it. So Erica's saying, well, I was basically saying I'm going to talk about it is like the biggest threat you could ever say right. to any of the cast of Beverly Hills. Because mm-hmm. they're like, what? Yeah, that is true. Talk about what? Like, they know the things that we could talk about. Well, that brings us to the <laughs> end of the Potomac reunion. Um, the next episode looks like it's going to be great. Uh, much like the next episode of Salt Lake City. Another looks good like Sunday another great for Sunday. us, yeah. Another Love good it. Sunday ahead of us. Um, so, yeah, that does it. I think we did it. And we want to thank you again for coming. And this was a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of Dreams course. really were Amazing. made today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
not kidding. I'm like not kidding. Oh. So why don't you let everybody know where they can follow you and where they can find your podcast? You can follow me on Instagram at We Speak Housewives, and my podcast is basically anywhere you get your podcasts. It's called I Speak Bravo. I will say yet again, if you need to get a um, non-wick candle, get yourself out to the fireplace, y'all, because there's no <laughs> difference. Know that. <laughs> get some firewood and a proper fireplace or a fire pit. Thank you for listening to Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to visit www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at knowthatpod. You can follow me, Donnie, on Instagram at Donnie Hadfield Smith. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at thequinlamar. Continue to listen and support for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.